It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Thank you. I need you love me. Welcome to the Banter Booth, everybody. It's that time of year again. You know what it is. It's our annual Oscars special, and I can't do one of these episodes without my favorite guest, the amazing Jay Khan from SiriusXM. How's it going, buddy? It's it's great, Zach. It's always great talking to you. I can't believe it's this time of the year already. It feels like they go by way too quick these days. Like I, Not that I don't want to be here talking to you mm-hmm. about the Oscars, but it just feels like we were just here, uh, I guess it was a year ago. So it's, yeah. I'm glad to be here. And we've got some some interesting movies to sort of break, break down here. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, this is now our third time doing it. But this year, I'm coming for you. I'm going to win. Yes. I'm going to try and make better picks this year because I didn't like that I lost last year. I think my, my ending percentage was just over 50% correct. So I was like, oh, one of my worst outings. So I, I'm, gonna, I'm having a comeback this year. Yeah, you talked about your strategy, right? Maybe not so much playing the movies that you like, but playing the ones that you that you think are going to win. So we'll see if you stick, can stick to it, if you can like take your heart out of it and actually just oh, use your head. But uh, yes, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to sort of getting your opinions on mm-hmm. some of these flicks. Ultimately, my downfall has always been that I'm choosing with my heart and not my head this year. Fuck my heart. Fuck how I feel. I'm going to choose the ones that I think are just going to win, regardless of how I feel about them, which we'll get into some of those picks because there's a movie that I don't particularly like that much that seems to be the front runner in some of these. Well, out of the whole out of the whole race. So we'll we'll get into that for sure. So, um, I mean, let's just get right into it. Right. I got right here. I'm on the Oscars website. I'm starting off with best actor. Just going to go right into it. Throw us into the fire here. Um, Great lineup. Although I don't particularly agree with some of the choices here. We got Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch, power of the dog, Andrew Garfield, tick, tick, boom, Will Smith, King Richard, and Denzel Washington, the tragedy of Macbeth. Well, and I, I think too, that this sort of comes down to, it's like Will Smith or the field at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Like it seems like it's Will Smith's award to lose, but exactly. hey, last year at the Oscars, we sort of thought, you know, it was going to go to a, a certain somebody. And then all of a sudden uh, it's, it sort of flip flops. Right. So it could happen. We could, I guess, possibly see an upset here. I just don't see it happening. It just feels like there's too much love uh, for Will Smith out there. He mm-hmm. obviously put on a great performance in King Richard, and you can argue what, whether that was his best performance or not. And he's had some good performances through the, through the course of his career, but really felt like that whole movie was about him and it was about his character. Whereas some of these other roles, I don't know if you could say the, the same thing about, I mean, the title of the movie mm-hmm. is his character, King Richard. So he's a big favorite right now. I'm, I'm just going to roll with Will Smith here. Exactly. I'm with you. I'm thinking this is Will Smith's award to lose. Uh, this usually happens every year with the race is obviously the, the acting nominations seem to be pretty much all time, um, pretty much 
settled by the time Oscar season comes around. By the time the night comes, we pretty much know who's going to win what when it comes to these categories. And Will Smith, he won the SAG. He won the BAFTA. He's been on a roll. Uh, it seemed like Andrew Garfield had taken some steam from him in the earlier parts of the year, but then Will Smith came back with a vengeance uh, the last few months. Well, well, last month, really. So bet, can't bet against Will Smith right now. Long overdue. I mean, Muhammad Ali and Pursuit of Happiness were those previous two nominations he had. Pursuit of Happiness still being one of my preferred, probably one of my still favorite performances from Smith. Uh, but in this category, one thing I would love to say is I just think that uh, Javier Bardem just doesn't belong with this lineup of actors. You could have gone with Peter Dinklage for Cyrano, which I think I'm pronouncing incorrectly because there was a lot of buildup towards his performance in that. Um, Nicholas Cage for Pig, my personal oh, your, favorite your performance of the year. I just thought Nicholas Cage had such a chance and if ultimately Javier Bardem seemed to be that people were just looking at the being the Ricardos as this old Hollywood movie discussing two famous actors. So of course, throwing them in there with Nicole Kidman getting a nom herself. It made sense. I even would have thrown in Simon Rex for Red Rocket as just an amazing performance that I saw from last year that was more deserving than Bardem, but it is what it is. Bardem has no chance of winning, so I'm not really concerned. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Cage, and I know Pig was one of your favorite movies of the year, and I, mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. I don't know if it would be up there for me towards the top, but I did enjoy the movie, and I specifically enjoyed his performance in particular. So I would have liked to see him, even if he was just like the fourth or fifth nominee here, it doesn't end up winning the award. I think mm -hmm. it would have been good acknowledgement for what he was able to do. Ultimately, I suppose if you are looking for an upset pick here by the odds, the second and third favorites are Cumberbatch and then Andrew Garfield. So if mm -hmm. somebody is going to pull off the upset, it's probably not going to be Denzel and it's probably not, it's definitely not going to be Bardem. He's certainly not yeah, winning no. this award. Uh, but if somebody does pull off that upset, it looks like it would probably be Cumberbatch, maybe Garfield. But I, I think that this is the chance to, to get Will Smith his Oscar, get his best acting award, get him up there on stage. Everybody, everybody loves Will Smith who doesn't like mm -hmm. Will Smith so I think this is a good chance for the Academy to get him up there and, and get him as in his award uh, which feels like a, a sort of a weaker year maybe compared to previous years when it yeah. comes to uh, the the best actor award yeah we're kind of used to maybe a bit more back and forth but I mean if if, if there's any I like the idea of Cumberbatch maybe swooping in um, not particularly because I like the movie that much but because it just seems like out of anybody having an outside chance I could see power of the dog having I mean, it would be insane, but if they swept all the major categories, it's not out of their own possibility. It just doesn't seem likely at the moment. It feels like for that movie, and it's obviously an important movie because of how, how many nominations it got, as we're going to be talking about it a lot here, it, it feels like it could go a couple of different ways yeah. for it at the Oscars. Like it could just sweep, it could clean up, it could win like everything. And it, I could also see it getting not completely shut out, but losing a lot of these that it's supposed to win, right? So I'm really curious. That's going to be a fun storyline to follow mm -hmm. on Sunday night is how Power of the Dog does, you know, because it's sort of a polarizing movie. Some people really like it. Some people don't like it at all. So mm -hmm. I think you could go a couple different ways with that i think there's i think a lot of people have been focusing on um when when discussing the, this year's season is they they brought up power of the dog saying it has 12 nominations it has the most nominations of any film that came out this year and the only are and they, they just say of course it's going to win some because there's that many nominations but to that point i would just be like well what about the irish man what about a star is born both those movies had were the most nominated movies of those respective yeah, years. Happens. One next to nothing. Star is Born won only, I think, for Best Original Song. That was it. Irishman got nothing. So it happens. You can be the most nominated and win nothing. 
Yeah. So. And I, I think that's, that's what could happen here. Like, I don't think they're going to win nothing. I think there's a couple of words where they are probably going to, to, to take it home, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think it'll be walking home with as much hardware as maybe a month ago when, you know, you sort of look through the nominations and you said, Oh, well, they, they could really clean up and, and pick up a lot of hardware here. I don't think it's going to quite break that way for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, speaking of the power of the dog, two of their nominations came in actor in a supporting role category with uh and we'll just get right into that one next. We have Jesse Plemons for The Power of the Dog, playing Benedict's brother. Cody Smith-McPhee for The Power of the Dog. J.K. Simmons being the Ricardos. Troy Kotzer for Coda. And Syrian Hines for Belfast, which I hope I did pronounce that last name correctly. But I don't think he's going to win. So, Yeah, I think I think we got to go with Troy here. And this yeah. is, uh, the, I mean, he's become a bigger and bigger favorite as time has passed over the past couple of weeks. And at one point he was actually a huge underdog in this category. And it was mm-hmm. Cody Smith McGee that was the huge favorite. And I think it's fizzled out, you know, similar to what we were just talking about with power of the dog. It just feels like maybe they peaked a little bit too early in terms of this particular award show. And then now they've lost some of their steam. Whereas, you know, movies like Coda have really picked up some more steam and, and people are, are generally liking it a lot more here now heading towards the Oscars. So there's been a massive flip in the odds in terms of, of this one. I actually got a little bit of money myself on Troy Coatser when he was still an underdog. So I'm pulling for him to, to take this and he's up to like minus 1000 now as a oh. favorite. So it feels like with all the awards he's already picked up along the way, it, it feels like this one's his to lose. You bet on him at the right moment. I tell you, because when he was an underdog, that would have been the moment to put some money down on him because now that he's the overwhelming favorite, you maybe you'll make some money, but not a lot. Right. Yeah. And it, and it just feels like too, when you're looking at the rest of this category and I, I made the bet after I watched Coda because I watched mm-hmm. it and I thought, you know, it was a great performance. And um, I, I hadn't really seen some of the other performances yet. I have seen Power of the Dog since then, but at the time I hadn't seen it. And I, I saw there was a couple of nominees from the same movie. And anytime I see that, I always think that they have the chance to possibly cancel mm-hmm. each other out a little bit. Now, I didn't think Plemons had to do too much. And I, I really like Plemons, but I didn't think he yeah. had to do too much in the movie. So I sort of ruled him out right, right away. Uh, and Cody Smith McGee, great performance, but I, I just feel like this is an opportunity to reward like a journeyman actor. That's been doing it for so yeah. long. This would mean obviously so much to, to Troy Coates or whereas a Cody Smith McGee, his career is just getting started. Like he's going to yeah. have plenty of opportunities to win awards like this and, and have some other roles that might even be better than what he had in power of the dog. So his time will come, but I, I think it's time to, to give it, to Troy and I, I feel like it's going to be a pretty emotional moment when he gets up on stage and, and takes that award mm-hmm. and you know Plemons you know I don't think he's going to obviously he won't win this I don't think he'll win I don't think there's even an outside chance for this year but for him I think you're going to see his name next year he's the leading role in a Martin Scorsese movie that comes out this year Killers of the Thar Moon he'll be acting acting opposite Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio you know Scorsese De Niro DiCaprio Plemons you're going to see a lot of those names next year at the Oscars. So Plemons doesn't have to worry. If he loses this year, it's a good chance next year. If his performance is amazing, there's a good chance next year we see him again and possibly win. He's been popping up in a lot more movies lately, whether that's like big blockbuster films or, you know, sort of these like Oscar bait type movies as well. So he's he's been busy. He's been working a lot. And I agree with you. I think that his time is going to come like this might be sort of the you know, you just inch your way like you almost have to be nominated sometimes before you can actually take home the award. So mm-hmm. he's he's a name to keep an eye on here, I think, for the future. For sure. Uh, how much he's working, some of the big names that he's working with, I think he's going to have an opportunity to to maybe take home a supporting actor or maybe even a lead actor in the future. Yeah. So I'm with you. I'm going Troy for this one as well. Both of us in agreement so far, two for two. Um, Cody, 
I think if this was earlier on in the season, he probably would have walked away with it and became the second youngest uh, winner in that category. But it's just, um, I just don't think there's enough support for power of the dog. I think a lot of people have sort of died down on that hype. And I think the support that it once had isn't there anymore. And I feel like for a lot of its chances, it's dwindling. So Troy for Coda for sure. Uh, moving on though, to a category where none of the actors in it are nominated for a film that's nominated for best picture actress in the leading role. None of the films here, all the films, great, uh, obviously great performances, but none of the films nominated for best picture. We have Jessica Chastain for Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman for the lost daughter, Penelope Cruz, parallel mothers, Nicole Kidman being the Ricardos and Kirsten, Kirsten, Christian Stewart, Spencer. This one feels like the most wide open. I, yes. I, I like this. I think this one's, and this has kind of been the theme too. And you mentioned it too, with none of these movies actually being nominated for like best picture or really anything mm-hmm. else. I feel like this is a theme when it comes to the best actress award lately is we see that we see these movies that aren't really nominated for other awards, but yet they pop up in this category. I don't know why that is, but that's something I've noticed over the past few years. And yeah, th- this is the one that it could make or break your Oscar pool. Like it's, it's going to probably happen late in the, in the show as some of these big acting uh, categories do and I think you could go like four different ways with this one Jessica Chastain seems to be the favorite and the front yeah. runner right now and it feels like this could be a good time to get her that Oscar and she's been a great actress for a very long time here now so she makes the most sense I think when you're filling out a pool she's probably the safest play but I don't know this one feels like it could be the the, the swing vote or the swing award hmm. when it comes to you to your pools because I think people are going to have vastly different answers for this one I so I'm probably going to go with the because Jessica Chastain has been racking up all the awards. It doesn't seem like she has any chance to lose. I mean, I really hope the only thing I hope from this category is that Nicole Kidman doesn't win. It's just that's the for some reason, I'm just so not interested in that performance at all. It feels out of place here, but I get it. Old Hollywood, whatever. It's the same with Javier Bardem. It feels like we're just giving them a nomination because they're playing someone from people's childhood, you know, Lucille Ball. So. I get it. It is what it is. But Jessica Chastain feels like exactly what you're saying. She's the favorite. If I'm going with what I would love to see happen, it'd be Christian Stewart. I watched Spencer. It's a a boring film. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to you. It's slow. It's uh, but, but it's got a good story. I like the story and the performance that Stewart gives is amazing. So I don't, I just think from that angle, if they could recognize that, that'd be great. It's just the only thing is that she wasn't nominated for BAFTA or SAG. So it looks unlikely that she'll end up getting with the Oscar since only two actresses have ever been able to pull off that feat of missing out on those two awards and then winning the Oscar. I think this is the one if you're actually betting on Sunday and you're trying to put some money down for realistic odds, because you're not going to bet some of these big favorites that mm-hmm. we're going to talk about, but this is the one where you could go down the board and you could try Kristen Stewart. Like I think she has a chance to win this. It's an outside chance, but I think that the chance is there compared to some of these other awards and mm-hmm. don't sleep on Olivia Coleman. I mean, <laughs> they love her at these award shows. So it feels like if she's in a movie, she's going to get nominated and she might actually take home the hardware. So she's somebody that I'm very, very tempted to go with here just because it feels like there's always a lot of love for Olivia Coleman. Mm-hmm. She's in sort of a dynasty era right now of, of seemingly yeah. every, every couple of years, nomination, nomination. It's like Frances McDormand and Meryl Streep. It's just these three actresses you see continuously pop up and at least get a nomination, if not a win. I mean, they, they seem unstoppable. 
I'm I'm gonna roll with Jessica Chastain here though for, for mm-hmm. the pick for the sake of the pick. Yeah. I'm gonna roll with her, but I just have a sneaky feeling that maybe it goes to Coleman or Stewart here. So yeah. I might actually end up throwing some money down, some real money down on one of those two uh, lead actresses. But I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with uh, Jessica Chastain for our picks at least. Yeah, I'm going Chastain, but uh, if I'm doing a second pick, it's Stewart. I mean. When I'm watching the show, I'm fingered. I don't even care if I lose the point here. I just, if, if Stewart wins, I'm going to be happy. But if Chastain wins, then I'm happy because I get the point. So it, it doesn't matter. Win win. You're, you're going to win. You're going to win some, some type of way. Mm-hmm. You got to cover all your bases. That's what this is all about. Either my heart is full, or, you know, maybe there's a possibility that our, that, 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 that our bet, the, you know, because we're competing for some, we're, we're competing for drinks, people. We're drinks, competing yes. for alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> the ultimate prize. There we go. All right. So, uh, Jessica Chastain, best actress. Moving along, actress in a supporting role. Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter. Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. Judy Dench, Belfast. Anjani Ellis for King Richard. And Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog. This one is the biggest favorite on the board. This feels like the free square. The, the yeah. square in the middle of your bingo card. That would be uh, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, which I did not see, by the way. I have not seen West Side Story. Not big on musicals. Maybe I'll get around to it uh, eventually, but it wasn't mm-hmm. on the top of my list for something that I wanted to see. But apparently she's great, and she's just a huge favorite. So when you look at the odds, I, I think you'd kind of be silly to go anywhere else with this one. Kristen Dunst is the second favorite for this. So I guess if you are looking for some sort of upset, it would probably be her. I wasn't in love with her performance in, in power of the dog, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think she had to do too much. I mean, I know she battled the, the alcohol addiction and everything like that. And, and she did have a couple of, of scenes where she really had to act. But other than that, I thought it was, you know, it was hit or miss. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm out on her. I, I think this one goes to DeBose. I, you can fill that one in easy. Mm-hmm. Well, and for the power of the dog of it all, so many of the characters just disappear in the second half of that movie. And I mean, yeah. I mean, that's why it's a supporting role. I mean, Hannibal Lecter is only in like eight minutes of Silence of the Lambs and yet he won the Oscar. So obviously screen right. time doesn't matter. But Kirsten Dunst didn't leave that big of an impression on me after the movie was over. It was more of Benedict Cumberbatch and the kid. If I'm giving anybody any credit for that movie, it'd be those two because their presence is felt throughout the entire film, unlike Plemons and Dunst, who... They're a couple who are nominated the same year for an Oscar, which bear, which has only ever happened, I think, 20 times in Oscar history where couples are nominated for uh, in the same year for awards. But with Ariana DeBose, clear favorite. I don't think, don't think anyone's going to bet against her. She seemingly, she hasn't lost an award yet. If she lost the Oscar, that would be crazy. So she's going to win, which would make her the, it would be the third time because she plays Anita in West Side Story the same character that Rita Moreno played back in 1961 that won her the Oscar. So if Ariana DeBose wins, it becomes the third time in Oscars history where two actors, different actors, won the Academy Award for playing the same character. Marlon Brando and Robert De Niro did it in The Godfather 1 and 2. And then obviously, more recently, Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix for The Joker. Very cool. And and it, this one just feels like it's going to happen. So I I think that this is the one where you like when you're filling out your pool, when you're filling out your, your sheet, you just kind of cross this one off right away. And mm-hmm. You move on and then you spend more time on the ones that are going to be difficult, a bit more contentious and doesn't feel like there's a, a lot of support for anybody else in this category. So this this one's felt like it's been over for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not betting against the bows, because just going to move right along. So the next one we've got here, animated feature film. I have a favorite here. So uh, the nominees were Encanto, Flea, Luca, 
the Mitchells versus the Machines, and Rhea, the Last Dragon. All right. Well, you can start here then because you seem like you have a, a go-to oh, on the animated. The the One of the best movies of the year, not even best animated film, like this was just one of the best movies of the year, was the Mitchells versus the Machines. It's different. It's gr- like... Luca to me wasn't that great of a movie because it felt like it was a movie that could only do so much because Disney wasn't allowing them to go as far as they wanted because it seemed like those two kids were in a relationship, but they were just friends. And we now know that Disney was banning really any use of homosexuality in a lot of their Pixar movies, which makes a lot of sense when you watch Luca because it seems like those two kids, there was a lot more to their relationship than what we were being given in that film. And I felt like that was something that... um that hampered my overall enjoyment of it is because they felt like they were trying to do something, but then we're half-assing it, which is, I didn't enjoy that. But the Mitchells versus the machines, a great movie about family. And that, you know what, you know, it's a good, a good sign. The movie you made is amazing. If you make someone cry and me, I bald. So win. Win. And I, I think that this is one where you could actually throw down some money as well when we're looking at some underdogs and we're looking at, you know, something that could pay out. And Mitchell's in the machines is where I would go in terms of an actual bet on this. I think in terms of the Oscar pool, I'm going to roll with Encanto. It's just, mm. it feels like that's the, that's been the most popular movie all year in terms of these animated features. Kids love it. And parents seem to like it enough. So I think that gets it over the hump here, but it feels like there's been a bit of a groundswell for what you're saying with Mitchell's and the machines. I don't think we can count flea out either. I think flea might be in the mix here for a possible upset. So look for those two as a possible upset and, and maybe something, I don't think this is quite like what we just talked about with the bows and with yeah. Encanto where you just free square, you, you, cross it off and you move on. I, I think that this one could be up in the air and it seems like the odds are getting tighter and tighter as we head towards the award show. Like for me, I think, I think it's going to be between, it's a sort of a triple threat. It's between Encanto, Mitchell's and machines and flea. But the only thing that takes flea out of the conversation is I think it could win documentary feature because it's an animated documentary. So right. that's it. Maybe it, it could get the award someplace else, but Obviously, we're not going to know until Oscars, like until tonight, until Oscar Sunday, you know. So, but that's the only thing that keeps Flea away from it for me. But Encanto, it's a good movie. I didn't connect with it as much as I think a lot of other people did. To me, I was just I was pretty much happy when the movie was over. Uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines. I was. It's just so much more enjoyable, and the animation style, like Encanto, just looked like a Disney film. Mitchell's versus the Machines. The thing I like about Lord and Miller is it seems like whenever they make one of these animated films, the style is always different. Spider-Verse, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, yeah. Clone High, all of them are distinctive in their animated qualities. So that was something I, I took into consideration for this as well, is that it was at least, it looked different than the rest of uh, than the, than the Disney nominations, which Disney has three here, so... Well, you've sold me, I think, on a bet uh, for Sunday then. I think Mitchell's in the Machines might be where I sprinkle a few dollars down because mm-hmm. I, I could see it pulling off the upset for a lot of the reasons uh, that you just mentioned there. And it, it feels like, again, you know, we talk, I'm going to probably mention this a few times just in terms of peaking too early and, and you want to k- kind of peak at the right time. It mm-hmm. feels like the love for Mitchell's in the Machines is gaining at the exact perfect moment for this and for a possible upset. So mm-hmm. I, I could throw a few bucks there, but for the pool, I'm going to roll with Encanto. Yeah. And, you know, okay, so you're going in Canto for this one. I'm going Mitchell's. There we go. Finally, we went four for four. Now we're finally on different tracks. It's getting interesting, people. All right. Here we go. Moving along. Cinematography, which um, always a fantastic category because one of my favorites. I I just love looking at some of the nominees because the majority of them are always beautiful. And that's no exception here. 
all the nominees in my mind are completely deserving. And this one could go anywhere in my mind. Cause you got Dune, Greg Frazier. Uh, I'm not going to attempt some of these other names cause they're pretty, uh, <laughs> they're, uh, they're, they're kind of crazy. So nightmare alley, the power of the dog tragedy of Macbeth and West side story. This one's great. And I, this is probably my favorite award uh, when I'm watching mm-hmm. movies, always something that I look out for. So I'm always interested to see who's going to take this one home. I think there's two clear front runners here that we need to be looking at. And then there's a bit of a tier, I'd say a gap after two uh, going to number three, and that would be Dune and power of the dog. Those are the yeah. two that I would really be looking at here. I mean, the moment that any of us saw Dune, I think that you come away thinking, man, that is just that is just some sort of piece of filmmaking when it comes to cinematography. And mm-hmm. for me, I didn't love power of the dog. And I know you've been on record saying you didn't like it at all. Not a big fan. The, the saving grace for me to power the dog, the reason why I finished it, because there were times in the first half of that movie, I thought, man, I don't even know if I want to finish this thing. Like I'm, I'm really, they're really losing me here. Uh, the cinematography hooked me in. Like there was a couple of great shots there that, mm-hmm. you know, I almost thought, okay, it's almost worth rewatching just to see those shots again. So I got to give it props for that. I think that that was like the one saving grace of the whole movie for me. Is it enough to beat Dune? <sighs> I don't think so. I'm going to roll with Dune here just because I, I think it was so beautiful. Uh, some of, some of the scenes and, and that was really what hooked you in start to finish. So I'm going to roll mm-hmm. with Dune, but I, I could see power of the dog pulling this one off. I'm going Dune as well. And the logic behind the choice here is that uh, I think Dune is going to possibly sweep all the technical awards only because yeah. technically, technically speaking, I mean, aside from West side story, I think both those movies just, there was, there's so much work that was put into them, choreography, lighting, colors, um, costume design, everything, production design too. There's so many elements technically that were put into both these films that made them these huge things, but Dune obviously more so because this was this crazy sci-fi epic and it had to feel like we were transported to this other world. And there's so many other aspects to it that it it just, I would, I would think it's going to win. Another reason is because Greg Frazier had won the American Society Cinematographers Award. Oh, I think it was last weekend when that award show happened. So that's usually a pretty good indicator of who's going to win the, uh, the Oscar. Since he won there, I'm going Dune here. But I think West Side Story has an outside chance more so than Power of the Dog. And, uh, but one of my personal favorites of the year, Tragedy of Macbeth, was absolutely breathtaking to look at. One of the most gorgeous movies of the year. I'm just glad it got the nomination. And it's a shame it won't win. Same with Nightmare Alley. Great. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. It's in those, those are, it's in tough. Like this is a tough category this year. I actually think that this is really stacked and you knew the minute that you watched Dune like this, it would be either up for this award or the favorite for this award. And like I said, I think power of the dog, the saving grace was the cinematography, but nightmare alley for me, it was cinematography. It was production design. Those were sort of the saving graces to that movie as well. So glad that they got the nominations, but I feel like this is, is probably going to end up being a two horse race at the end. Yeah, exactly. So we're both settling on Dune here, so yeah. let's move on to the next one. Costume design. Um, this one, in, in my mind, is another one of the ones that could go anywhere, but I have a favorite myself, so sorry. We'll see. We got West Side Story, Nightmare Alley, Dune, Cyrano, and Cruella. I honestly think it's going to go to Cruella, only because the whole movie is kind of based off costumes, and I mean, that's kind of the best aspect about that movie, so the Oscar nomination felt worthy enough and it feels like it's worthy enough to get the just to get the award itself I mean West Side Story and Dune were great but I still I'm still leaning Cruella for some reason 
Yeah, I think that this category too can that can happen quite a bit where you see like three, maybe four nominees that are nominated in a bunch of other categories and are sort of your usual suspects. And then you'll see one or two that you're like, huh, I didn't see that movie or I've never heard of that movie, but it's because it comes down to the fact that it's mostly built off of costume design and Mm -hmm. people wearing different things and wearing these costumes. So that's what I feel like Cruella falls under. I think Dune has a legit chance here. I know you said that you think it's going to sweep the technical awards and I agree with you. I think that's where Dune is really going to do its damage um, tonight on at the award show and really, you know, picking up its hardware that way instead of in the acting categories where it doesn't have any nominee nominations. But I think Cruella takes this home. I'm going to roll with you yeah. on that one and go with Cruella. But I, I do think that Dune has an outside chance to grab this one as well, because the costumes in Dune were great in, in Dune were great. And yeah, you had a lot of people that you had to work with there and, and really put that thing uh, together mm-hmm. uh, over a long period of time and, and put all those costumes together so i think dune very much deserves to be in this conversation but i'll I'll roll with cruella as well yeah dune it's the same thing i said before with this with the cinematography when i was discussing the technical aspects is it it, you were they were creating an entire world an entire universe like this so much of it's just completely you've never seen a lot of this stuff before the fremen suits are great they look flexible they look i don't know how comfortable they are we had asked people that are actually in them but uh (laughs) They, they even have, everybody has a distinctive look. The Benny Gesserit, the Fremen, the um, Atreides have their own specific look. The Harkonnens, like, that's another great aspect about the movie is that all the costumes let you know also who these people are. Even the Benny Gesserit, yeah. shrouded in mystery, because they're very mystical people, right? Yes. Yeah, so they're very I, cool aspects. I, I do think that you could go either way with this one. Like I, I we're probably, it sounds like we're both going to end up going with Cruella here, but mm-hmm. I think you can make a really strong case for Dune for a lot of the reasons that you said. And I, again, I just think that this is a chance for them to give Cruella something, whereas Dune's probably going to come up there for a couple of the technical awards anyways. Do they really need to give it this one? I don't think so. And that's why I think it is going to go to Cruella, but Hey, maybe they just, maybe just re- voters will just really love Dune and, and give it a bunch more mm-hmm. awards that we don't really see coming. Yeah. So uh, so it seems like we're pretty settled on Cruella. We're we're in agreement a lot of today. So, I mean, I, we, I think we're both just smart. I think we both just know yeah. who these who these safe choices are, who's been leading the awards season so far. So it's like all the picks we're making. If you're doing your own pool, these are pretty safe picks. Yeah, all right. And I think that's the way to play the pool, right? Like it's, yeah. one, it's one thing if you're actually betting money down, you're not going to bet these favorites. You're going to look for some underdogs. But when you're doing the pool, you you want to play chalk for the most part and then maybe sprinkle in a couple of upset picks to see if you can mm-hmm. really push it over the edge. I want to get 90% of my answers correct. I, I'm, I'm, go, I'm going for perfection. <laughs> yes. Um, so, okay, moving along, we got best director, um, which it seems like that one, is pretty settled, but yeah, we'll we're see. Gonna, we're going to agree here as well. Okay. okay. So it seems like we're going to agree. Okay. So we got Steven Spielberg for West Side Story, PTA for Licorice Pizza, um, Drive My Cars director, Japanese filmmaker Ryasuki Hamaguchi. Sorry if that's horribly pronounced. Belfast, Kenneth Branagh, and Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. Yeah. I think I know where we're going. Yeah, this one's Jane's award. Like, it's just, yeah. this This actually is the biggest lock. I think this is a bigger lock than Ariana DeBose uh, when we talked about her for, for, for her award. I think that this one's just like a complete layup, and this is a chance to give Power of the Dog. Like, this is where it's going to win. If it doesn't win cinematography, it, it's certainly in the mix there. Obviously, we're going to get to Best Picture. It's got a chance to win Best Picture as well, but this is where it's going to get its guaranteed hardware, and, and Jane Campion is going to pick up her uh, her Oscar here for sure. 
Yeah, I'm with you. She becomes the set, uh, the first woman ever to be nominated twice in this category after being nominated for um, the piano back in 1993. Yes, okay. Yeah, back in 1993. So that's that's an, that's amazing for her making history there. She'll win if she if she wins. She'll become the third woman to win Best Director because Chloe Zhao, Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, third. So Jane Campion will become the third, which is, I mean, that's also pretty good company to be there too. Catherine Bigelow and Zhao. I mean, both of their movies, well-directed. So um, yeah, I'm not betting against Campion here. If anybody's putting up a fight, I mean, to me, Denny Villeneuve felt like the biggest omission from this list. There's a lot of people that say, like, have you, do you read or um, keep up to date with those, those um, anonymous Oscar voter things that they come out with on Hollywood yeah. Reporter? A lot of people were trashing Campion on that, saying that Kenneth Branagh was the better director because economically he was, um, I don't know, just something about economically safe the way he directed. Well, and Belfast was a short movie too. So to mm-hmm. get it all sort of all in and like, I think it was about an hour and a half. I think that there's something to be said for that in, in this day and age. Like every movie is so long. Power of the Dog wasn't too, too long. It was just over a couple of hours. So it doesn't really fall, I guess, in the mm-hmm. long category. But I, I do think that I need to give some credit to directors when they find a way to shorten some of these movies, because oftentimes I'm watching movies now and I'm thinking, man, could have probably cut out like 20 to 25 minutes of stuff that you didn't really need. Again, I don't, I didn't love power of the dog. You didn't really like it either. So mm-hmm. she wouldn't be my pick. Like if I was giving out the award, I probably wouldn't give it to her, but it seems pretty obvious that, that she's going to get this one. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it just comes down to and this is why I think Denny Villeneuve should have been nominated over some of these like for me I don't know PTA could have been taken out Denny Villeneuve could have been put in because it's the, the same thing that Campion did the same thing that Spielberg did is you're a director you're pretty much in charge of all the aspects we're seeing you know there's so many different things you look at what Steven Spielberg did with West Side Story and you some of these shots the way he crafted the movie the way he brought these performances out of the actors and it's a musical. We've never seen Steven Spielberg tackle a musical before. And of course, he ends up with a nomination for best director from it and a bunch of other ones. But it's the same thing. There's these people from a technical standpoint really stood out and directed the fuck out of their movies. And that's why I think just above some of these other people, Jane Campion, Steven Spielberg, those are those are definitely my leaders. But Campion for what she did with The Power of the Dog, you know, filming at New Zealand, supposed to be set in Montana. I mean, really, you wouldn't notice. No, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that was very impressive too. Like you didn't, I didn't even know until afterwards that it was mm-hmm. filmed in New Zealand. So they obviously did a great job there. And I think too, to to sort of, you know, on your point with Spielberg and even Paul Thomas Anderson to an extent as well, like well-known directors that everybody knows, it feels like if they make a movie and it's just half decent, they're going to get the nominee. So it's it can be tricky, I think, for some of these other, not, uh, these other candidates out there that didn't quite get that nominee to surpass those types of names because it just feels like they're always going to have the inside track just because mm-hmm. of the name value. So I think that's why you're seeing Spielberg and, and Paul Thomas Anderson in here as well. Yeah, exactly. PTA felt like it's it, just because he's an established name. Of course, he's going to show up all that. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I, he's probably the only person I'd probably take out of this out, out of this category because I haven't seen Drive My Car, but there's always so many people talking, talking about it, especially this season. Um, it doesn't seem to have the same build as parasite has had which eh, not necessarily a shame parasites kind of like a was lightning in a bottle but i don't think drive my car is going to have that same cinderella story that parasite had it doesn't seem to have the same connection parasite was just a 10 out of 10 masterpiece and i haven't seen drive my car so i can't comment on that but 
yeah, I'm going Campion for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think that I think this one's one of your free squares. Mm-hmm. All right, documentary up next. Uh, a category I'm not don't know too much about because I haven't seen. I don't think any of these movies. I've heard about Flea. Then there's Summer of Soul, Writing with Fire, Attica, and Ascension. I'm leaning Summer yeah, of Soul. Summer, I, Summer of Soul seems to be the favorite right now, so I think that oh, you're okay. probably smart going there. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with a bit of an upset here. I get it's not too big of an upset, but I, I'm gonna go with the uh, the next one in line. I'm gonna take Flea. So we'll Flea? differ on this one. We'll go head to head on this one. I don't think that this. I don't really have a, a reasoning for it. I think it's just trying to mix it up, trying to maybe take some upsets, trying to look in, in a different direction here. So I'm going to roll with Flea uh, for really no reason whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've heard, I mean, doing a documentary in an, in an animated style, it's definitely a, better, uh, a different way to approach it. I'm totally down yeah. to see how they pulled it off because I, mean, I haven't seen the movie yet. A lot of these movies, usually I'm a bit better when it comes to Oscar season, but a lot of these movies just aren't available and we've been dealing with COVID and a lot of them aren't yeah. playing in theaters and summer of soul. I do know is on Disney plus. I just have not checked it out. I think they just added it like last week and I've been off busy watching a bunch of other random bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I've, I'm very much someone that and I've said this to you before on other Oscar podcasts too, where I like to go to the theater as much as possible. Yeah. That's how I like to consume the movies because I think that's how they're for the most part. I think that's where they're meant for. And, and, just with so many distractions at home too. Like I find I don't fully enjoy the movie when I'm at home because I like, I'm pausing it, then I'm checking my phone, then I'm, you know, kind of distracted it, it, sitting in the theater and knowing, okay, I can't touch my phone. I, I got to sit down and watch this makes a huge difference for me personally. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's, it's been tough over the last year or so with the theaters opening and closing and a lot of these movies not really being available. I agree. Okay. So I think, I mean, yeah, I'm the, I'm the same as you. I, I, I want to be in the theater. I don't care if I'm seeing it by myself. If I just want to be in a dark room and watch the movie, I mean, you can go on Tuesday, it's like eight bucks, very cheap. So yes. I mean, I, I've, never, I've never really had a problem when it comes money wise to the movies, because it's not like not every time I go into the concession stand, if it's a Disney movie, I'm going to the concession stand because I know how Disney rips off movie theaters and the movie theaters could really use your money when it, when you go to see a Disney movie, because they ain't seeing a lot of that money when you pay for a ticket, that all money's pretty much going to Disney. So you need to help out the movie theaters when, I, when you see a Disney movie, that's just a PSA for everybody listening Buy concession. When you go see Disney, Disney rips off theaters. Don't let them do this. All right. It's like they Mo- need more money. <laughs> exactly. All right. So moving along, Going Summer of Soul, your flea, okay. Short subject documentary. Definitely haven't seen any of these, but we got When We Were Bullies, three songs for Benazir, The Queen of Basketball, Lead Me Home, and Audible. Do you have any uh, picks here? Yeah, this this is another one, same with the last category, where I'm kind of just throwing a dart and hoping for the best. And I like basketball, so let's roll, let's roll with the queen of basketball. The that's, queen of basketball. As simple as it is for me. You know, I'm a big sports guy. I like my sports. March Madness season right now is oh. always fun to, to watch some of these games. I've really been enjoying that on the side, and I can't wait, too, for a Sunday where we get, you know, some Elite Eight games, and then we also get um, Oscars as well. It's going to be a fun, like, sit-on-the-couch type day to, to watch television. So, yeah, let's roll with the queen of basketball. That'll be the play for me. I'm going there as well. My favorite sport, so I'm, I'm going to show some you love. love I, basketball. I, knew, I don't I, know I what the odds are. The is that the fa- that's the favorite, right? I assume that's it's why you choose it. It's a very, very slight favorite right very now. Very slight. Oh, and, okay. Uh, 
three songs for Benazir is like right underneath it. So it's close. It almost seems like a pick them between the two. And it also seems like Audible has a bit of a chance here as well. Okay. So it could kind of go either way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, this one feels contentious. This is a, these are the types of awards I feel like that always end up swinging the pool because everyone kind of gravitates the same way when it comes to the acting awards and usually best pictures, like one or two different candidates, but it's always these ones, like no one's seen them. Uh, you know, it's, it's very random and you don't know where it's going to go. And, and these are the ones that end up deciding the pool. So you got to be careful with what you choose. If I'm not mistaken. Okay. Well, I actually do know this is true. Kobe Bryant won the Oscar for a basketball short. I was it a, I'm just curious if it was just an animated short. If it was a documentary short, I don't think it was documentary, but there's, I think there's some love within the Academy when it comes to basketball or at least sports movies in general. So I'm, I'm, I, th- I think that also gives it a bit of an edge queen of basketball so now it'll be interesting to see if that actually comes out and if that's true if that theory is just proven right all right i'm writing down our picks here b-ball there it is all right so let's just move right along not going to stay too long in that category up next film editing there's one movie in here that i thought was horrendously edited so i'm just surprised it got a it got a nomination but this happens just a brief we'll just go on a tangent real quick Bohemian Rhapsody won this category a few years back, and that was one of the worst edited movies I've ever seen. And that won the award. So this is, a, this is a category that literally could go in any direction. Like, the worst film nominated could actually win. So there, there, there just is not a guarantee here. I don't think there really ever is. Unless it's like a, like a, I don't know, like a big war film that usually ends up with at least the editing and the sound awards. So but we don't really have that here. So uh, don't look up Dune, King Richard, power of the dog, tick, tick, boom. I'm curious. I'm, I'm very curious to hear what your worst place is out of these five. That's what I, I really want to know before I give my pick. Yeah, okay. Don't look up. I did not think was very well edited. That's what I, I thought. <laughs> it was just, oh, oh my God. I, I was kind of jarred. I mean, I understand they were going for like a kind of like a documentary feel kind of like what modern yeah. family and like the, well, not really, not really like modern family of the office. Cause they have at least talking heads. This movie doesn't really have talking heads. It's just filmed in such a way that tries to give you a sense of realism. And then the way it's, I just, I wasn't sold on it. Same with the cinematography of the movie was just, I see what they were trying to do. I just wasn't a fan of it. If yeah. that makes sense. I'm, and I actually didn't mind the movie. I, I when I watched it, I oh, thought yeah. it was interesting. I thought it had some, like I thought it had kind of an interesting message and, and I laughed a couple of times. I, you know, it was ironic at times as well. But then when I saw it was in like the in best picture and getting all these nominees, I was like, I never thought of it like that. Like I just sort of, yeah. it was just one of those movies that I watched on a streaming service and I probably going to forget about in a couple of weeks. So I was shocked to see it get this much love at the Oscars. Um, I'm going to go, I, I have a feeling where you're going to go with this. I'm, I could be wrong. I think, I think we're on the same page. I think you're going to go with Dune. I feel yeah. like you're going to go with Dune because <laughs> it's technical. So I'm going to, I'm going to pivot here. I'm going to go with King Richard uh, oh, for a bit okay. of an upset on the, in the editing category. I thought it was really well edited. And I thought in particular the tennis scenes and how they sort of shifted back and forth between what they were doing on the court and what they were doing off the court. I, I that really gripped me as someone, and maybe I'm a little biased. I'm a big tennis fan, big sports mm-hmm. guy. So I really liked those scenes, but I thought they were well done. And I think that they're very tricky to do. Whenever I watch sports movies, very critical about how they display the actual sport and how they sort of edit it all together. And I thought they did a really good job of that in King Richard. So I'm going to roll with uh, King Richard here. We'll go head to head on this one. 
All right. So we'll go head to head on this one. I have, I have a question for you now, though. So you, King Richard, we both saw it. We both liked it. I thought it was yeah. a good feel good movie. Probably one of the only yeah. two feel good movies that were released in the last year that are nominated for Best Picture. Um, John Bernthal's performance should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Do you agree? Yeah. I, I, I loved it. I loved, I loved it. I thought he was great. And I'm a little surprised too. Cause like, do we really need both two power of the dog nominees? Mm-hmm. All due respect uh, to Jesse Plemons and you and I talked about him and we praised him as somebody that's to, you know, to look out for here in the next few years. I didn't think he really had to do much in, in power of the dog. Like I think obviously it is a supporting role type category, but it felt like his character just was there. Like he, he didn't really have like a huge part of the movie or really grip you in. So yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm totally with you on that. I would have much rather seen him get the nominee. His performance is uh Plemons at least is he's got that quiet, subtle performance. And a lot of what he needs to convey is done within those first 30 minutes, establishing his relationship with his yeah. brother, you know, that animosity that Cumberbatch shows him, but then that tenderness that Plemons will give back. And Plemons seems much more like further developed, like, you know, Cumberbatch is holding himself back because he has all these other things he's dealing with, his character, that is. And Plemons is trying to move on with his life and, you know, move on from his brother. And that's his character gets a lot more to play with in that respect, but it's only within those first 30 to 40 minutes because then he disappears. And then when his brother dies, he's kind of like, I, I got his reaction is like, the, pa- like the way that it's conveyed, it's like he, he, he was, ex- it's like this was going to happen sooner or later. Yeah, it just it just felt like one of those situations. And I think maybe even Kirsten Dunst fell into this as well, where it's like, okay, Power of the Dog, top movie. It's the favorite to win Best Picture. It's, mm-hmm. it's nominee, nominate, nominated for like a bunch of stuff. But so let's just throw a couple more names in the act. Like I totally get why Cody Smith-McGee is in there, but I probably could have done without Plemons or Dunst getting a, a nominee this year. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, we've already, yeah. <sighs> Power of the Dog is such a tricky movie. I, I, we'll get into it more when we hit the best picture category because I have lots of thoughts about it and why I didn't particularly like it. Um, but anyways, international feature film. This this category seems like it's pretty tied up. Like there's no fucking way Drive My Car loses, but I'll yeah. still say all the do- nominees. We got Drive My Car, Flea, The Hand of God, Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom, and The Worst Person in the World. Um Wow, I didn't even know that a yak in the classroom actually sounds so yeah. interesting. I want to check that out. That sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That wins now. Let's go yak in the classroom. <laughs> but no, it's it's drive my car. Like anytime you see that, and we're seeing this more and more now uh, with more international films actually getting love in some of the other categories and getting love in Best Picture, which is great. I love seeing that. I like to see uh, these international films, and it forces me to go see them because you know I'm someone that might not go and, and actually watch these movies. Then when they're nominated for Best Picture, I think okay. And, and it's great. Like you, once you get past the barrier of subtitles, it's actually great to watch some of these movies. So it always feels like if one is nominated for best picture, it just only makes sense that it's going to win uh, best international film as well. So I, I think he got a role with drive my car here. I suppose flea would be a possible upset mm-hmm. pick, but I'm going to just go with drive my car. I don't think yeah. that this one's going to be too contentious. See with flea Denmark had won the award last year with another round, which was, Love One that. of my favorite films just of last year. It was, yeah, I think, my it was, that was great. My eleventh spot. We didn't crack my top ten because I thought there was ten better films, but another round. And that's another time. The last few years, it has been. If your movie is nominated in other categories, you have a better shot at winning. Obviously, it seems like you have a sure lock at winning international feature. Parasite 
was 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 nominated oh, yeah. in so many technical categories and best picture of course it was going to win international Biggest. another round had the best director nomination so of course it was going to win international feature film this year it seems like japan drive my car and japan have the same odds yeah this way it just only makes sense like it wouldn't make logical sense uh, for drive my car to lose this award and then still be nominated for best picture like if it's losing international film to somebody else then shouldn't that film be nominated for best picture so it just doesn't really add up and i, I feel like this is an easy one when you're filling out your oscar pools to just go with drive my car yeah drive my car so we're good we're gonna move on from that one drive my car is clearly gonna be the winner for international uh, maybe worst person in the world sneaks in because I know worst person um, has a screenplay nomination, if I'm not mistaken. And we'll get to that uh, later. All right. Next up, another technical award. We got makeup and hairstyling coming to America, Cruella, Dune, Tammy Faye, House of Gucci. This one actually feels like it might go Tammy Faye. Where are you leaning? Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I, I think that that's probably where you should go when you're filling out the pool. I think there's a couple of of interesting names here, though, that it could go to. Like Cruella, we talked about it when it mm -hmm. came to the, the costume design. I think it has a chance here as well. Uh, they, those always sort of get tied in together. And I think Dune, again, has a chance to maybe pull something off here. But I just feel like they're going to reward Dune in other ways throughout the course of the night. And that'll be by the, the technical awards and a couple of the awards that it's going to pick up that way. So I don't think that this is dune's award it does have that mm -hmm. chance but i'll roll with the uh the eyes of tammy faye here i think this is where yeah. it picks up some hardware i mean you look at those prosthetics they're putting on jessica chastain's face it seems to be that's a pretty good indicator of what yeah. might win um then again you know suicide squad back in 2017 won the award and i mean they must have won just for applying what white to jared leto and Har and margot robbie and then <laughs> killer crocs design seemingly it seems like that's all it took and suicide squad you know oscar oscar uh, winning film I kind of fucking nuts when you think about it that way because that movie's hot garbage but i digress i digress house of gucci has jared leto in prosthetics but that's about it but then you get all the crazy hair with lady gaga um but it seems like yeah i'm, I'm leaning tammy faye because you got andrew garfield on prosthetics and you've definitely got jessica chastain with those fucking uh, nightmare inducing cheekbones of Timmy Faye. <laughs> so I, I'm going Timmy Faye. It seems like that's, it seems like that one's pretty much locked up, but I do love the coming to America shout out because there's lots of scenes there where you get Eddie Murphy portraying a different character yes. and he's all, he's all dressed up, uh, all dolled up, got all the makeup on portraying like an old man or a white man or a fat guy. It's, it's Eddie Murphy. It's just nice to see yeah, some recognition can't go wrong there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you on that one, but I think that this is a chance to get uh, Tammy Faye an award of some sort and maybe you see it with jessica chastain as well um obviously she's got a great chance to take home the lead actress award but i'm gonna roll with uh with tammy faye here it feels like feels like it's gonna win all right so we're in agreement tammy faye for makeup Ooh, now okay this one seems like an easy one and i've been waiting to get to this one music original score don't look up dune encanto parallel mothers power of the dog I actually, I actually didn't mind Power of the Dog's score. I thought oh, it was yeah. pretty good. And again, like, didn't love the story so much, but I like the cinematography. I like the score. Uh, but it's got to be Dune, right? It just, it, it just feels like the the score for that whole movie. It just sort of sets this ominous tone, and it's, it flows nicely throughout the entire movie. Especially something if you had a chance to see it in theaters, uh, you re really comes out uh, on the big screen. So I'm gonna go with Dune here for uh, 
for best original score. It has that otherworldly quality to it. If you know, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. the singing in the background of the score, Hans Zimmer, just felt, this, this is one of the most, this is going to go down as probably one of the most iconic and one of the most recognizable scores Hans Zimmer has ever done. This man's a king. He's basically like the John Williams of the modern day because that man was pumping out classics every year back yeah. in the 80s and 70s. Now you got Hans Zimmer, who seemingly every few years has an amazing score in him. And this, this one feels so different from some of the other nominees. I don't even remember Don't Look Up score. So that one is, it's nominated. I don't even remember it. To your point, Radiohead's Johnny Greenwood's score for Power of the Dog, fantastic. Honestly, it was one of my favorite scores of the year. So that's the only thing. If it goes to Power of the Dog, I'm not upset. But it seems like it should go to Dune because that one is like, that's something you're never going to forget. That sound feels like I'm like it just that that sound is going to be associated with Dune for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. And I'm very curious, too, because like obviously Dune's going to carry on from here. And this was just sort of the start of something for them if we see that score just sort of carry on through the next movie or if it gets tinkered a little bit and mm -hmm. you know it's just sort of an extension of it so i'm very curious what they do and who knows maybe more hardware in the future for hans zimmer and a possible dune 2 yeah. uh you know score right so um he, i mean he's got a legendary history of of scores i think he he did the dark knight i know he did parts of the caribbean as well i don't know if he did all of them but he did one of them oh, yeah. one of them which was which is a, a great one so there's uh, there's it's insane. The list of, of great scores that he's been able to put out there. The amount of bangers you bring up Pirates of the Caribbean. You can, that's, that's one that sticks yes. in your head. That one is iconic. Yeah. Um, and I was going to hum it. And then I just thought to myself, I'm not going to make a fool of myself in case I fuck up. Yes. Thank God you started. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. Oh, that is so good. Hans Zimmer. I don't forget. I fucking forgot he did Pirates of the Caribbean. That's thank you for that pull, man. All right. So we're both in agreement. We're both going Dune here. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. As soon as I saw Hans Zimmer nominated Dune, like, and this was one too, where I, when I walked away from Dune, when I saw it and I saw it back in the winter time, I thought, yeah, score for sure. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to write it on my hand. So I don't forget uh, when it comes to Oscar time that I'm going to pick it for score. Obviously it's the favorite and it's not like we're going out on a limb uh, picking it, but it feels like it should take this home. And you know what? I think I've already got my pick for best original score for next year because it's going to be the Batman. I'm putting money down right oh, now. Yes. Hold me to it. Batman, yes. if, as, if it gets the nomination so this time come next year when we're doing it for the fourth year, I'm going to vote for Batman regardless if it's nominated, which I hope it is because that's already one of the best scores I've ever heard. I, I actually think it will be like, I obviously it's still, we're a long ways away until next mm -hmm. year and there's going to be a lot of other movies and a lot of other contenders. But I, I feel like there was a lot of good technical aspects to that movie where it could get recognized. Like we rarely see superhero movies and these blockbuster movies get recognized, but technically Dune is a blockbuster type movie. Like it doesn't fall into the superhero category, but it is sort of that blockbuster popcorn type movie that sometimes the Academy can sort of ignore. So it is yeah. nice to see these movies that are popular, that make a lot of money, that are just big productions, you know, great visually get recognized and, and get some, some sort of uh, awards and, and some hardware. So yeah, I'm, I'm in on the, the Batman for next year. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And of course, bottom line is um, does your score help tell the story or does it help? Like it's, it has to, it has to elevate the movie. I mean, any aspect of your film needs to elevate it in some way. Power of the Dogs yeah. score does that for for that film for me because that was one of the best things about that movie. You could I could have put that movie 
I, I wish there was no dialogue and I could just hear Johnny Greenwood score the whole time. I feel like yeah. maybe I, I maybe I wouldn't have understood the movie as well, uh, but I might have enjoyed it a lot more if it was just me listening to that score the whole time because that was magnificent. And same with Dune is that elevates the movie because it's like, oh, yep, we're trying to convey that this is an epic scale movie akin to like Star Wars and Star Wars is an iconic sound. Dune needs an iconic sound and Hans Zimmer pulled that off. And I think when you take that into consideration, Batman should be nominated and win next year. Those are my yeah. final thoughts. <laughs> well, no, and I, I think you make a good point too about Dune because they're trying to establish something, right? Like there's going to be multiple Dune movies. And I think when you're yeah. looking at those like trilogies or movies that have an extended franchise, like a Star Wars that you mentioned, even a Lord of the Rings that sort of yep. just has that type of score that's underneath the entire time, you know, you the second that you hear it, you just think about that movie or you think about that franchise. So I think that was important for Dune uh, and something that I'm, I'm interested to see if they can carry on through the, the next movies as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, I'm so glad, I'm glad you brought up the Lord of the Rings because that's another one where I, I think every year that was score, win, score, win, score three years in a row. Yeah, easy. Couldn't go wrong though, because that is one of the best scores ever made. So it really is. I have it on, I have it on my phone. Like I listen to it sometimes, which is kind of sad, but <laughs> I do <laughs> go on like a road trip and, and listen to the themes from Lord of the Rings. Oh my God. Yeah. Really? Then, then that it really, really feels like a journey. Really be chi- picking up chicks that way. That's the <laughs> you be picking up the right ones. I'll tell you that they, they're right. like, Oh my God, listen to Lord of the Rings. Somebody came to me and was, Oh, somebody came to me and appreciated Lord of the Rings that much. And was just like, Oh my God, listen to Lord of the Rings. Can I listen with you? Like, yes, yes. Oh my God. Where have you been my entire life let's go <laughs> all right I'll listen to do next all right <laughs> oh my god you find oh my god i find a girl that like wants to listen to movie scores then then, then i'm then i'm in the pocket you've hit the jackpot <laughs> yeah. yeah that's it it's it's coming <laughs> fingers crossed all right moving along we're both settled on dune for original score but yeah. some love to power the dog so i don't think either one of us will be displeased uh if power the dog wins and betting odds is dune the fate dooms the favorite Dune is the favorite. Yeah. Pretty, I might put some money on power of the dog then. Yeah. Just just in case, just in case that would be the play. If you were actually betting, I wouldn't suggest betting a Dune is the big, big favorite. Mm -hmm. All right. Original song. This another one feels like, uh, feels like there's a lot of safe, uh, safe choices. We got be alive, King Richard, Beyonce, um, the Encanto song by Lynn, Lynn Manuel Miranda down to joy for Belfast somehow you do for four good days and no time to die billy eilish no time to die okay so you just said that you're calling the batman for next year as a possible original score and i'm with you on that last year i don't know if it was on our preview or our post show i said that look out for no time to die next year for original song i hadn't even heard the song yet like i was just sort of projecting the fact that's ah, a bond movie it's billy eilish she's mm-hmm. really popular it feels like it's going to get some love no matter how good the song actually is and then here we are a year later and it is the favorite to win this award so i gotta stick with my guns from a year ago and just roll with uh, no time to die and i'm a big bond fan I didn't love the movie. It wasn't at the top of my mm-hmm. Bond rankings or even really that close. I thought it had a couple of, of good scenes and some nice moments. I felt like you probably could have cut out about 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes from that movie. Oh, yeah. The song was pretty good. I think it's good enough to, to win here. So I'm going to go with No Time to Die. I, I, I think the an, an added layer to it, um, if you will, is the fact that this is Daniel Craig's last James Bond movie. And I feel like because it's it's doesn't really it does it has no nominations anywhere else. James Bond feels like it's always, it always has an original song and it feels like that's always the song to beat every year. And I just think this is the way to honor 
Daniel Craig's outing as the character. And honestly, yeah. Billie Eilish's song out of all of these, because Be Alive is fine. And um, honestly, I'm just surprised we don't talk about Bruno isn't nominated for Encanto. I understand the reason why is because they didn't realize that song was going to be as big of a hit as it was. So they didn't submit it for the yeah. awards, um, which that's got to suck because I think if don't talk about Bruno had been nominated, then this would have been a much tighter race, but since it's not, it's no time to die. Billie Eilish, easy win. Easy win. Easy win. I, I do think that Encanto has a chance here to possibly pull off the upset. Like, I, I don't oh. know if it's just a complete layup. I'm going to go with no time to die. Like I'm, I'm definitely picking that. Yeah. And I, for a lot of the reasons that you said, it's Billie Eilish and it's a chance to get bond some sort of love, even though I didn't think that it was even close to being the best Daniel Craig bond movie. I don't think that really matters here because we're strictly looking at the song. Like we're not really breaking mm-hmm. down the movie. It's just the song. And it did feel like a bond song because I yeah. think at times a uh, bond movies have sort of strayed away from that. This one felt like a little bit more of an actual bond song with the old classic type bond feel. And I think mm-hmm. that's going to be good enough. And, and like I said, Billie Eilish, very popular right now as well. I, th- I think that's going to help the cause. I think an added benefit is that you can just listen to that song on its own and it's a good song. Yeah. That's an added benefit. I mean, it, it elevates the movie because it's obviously the theme song of that said film, but I mean, I could also just go on my Spotify and, you know, I'm going to listen to no time to die, put in headphones and just listen to that because it's that, that, Oh my God, Billie Eilish just, I I find she's a great singer. So I I love listening to her. So like that, that's where, that's where I'm at is it's, I can just listen to it on my own and I feel completely transfixed where I'm like, this is a good song. Yeah. And I think too, this is a chance for the Oscars, like even just having Billie Eilish nominated a couple extra eyeballs. Like it's not like people are going to flock to, to watch the mm-hmm. Oscars who wouldn't watch it just because Billie Eilish is nominated and might win an award, but a few extra people I think will notice like Billie Eilish fans. And I, th- I think that's important, right. To get those extra eyeballs, to get some younger viewers, mm-hmm. maybe paying attention and, and looking at it. So we're both going to roll with yeah. no time to die here. She won the Grammy. She's going to win the Academy award. Moving on to production design. This one, I've got some favorites, but this is a this is like cinematography. The category is completely stacked. Honestly, it's yeah. the same nominees for cinematography. Is, yeah. Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. That just goes to show you. I mean, and all the production design on on because I've seen four of the movies. I haven't seen West Side Story, but I can tell you just from what I've seen, the production design on that is on another level. All these movies are 10 out of 10 production design, but I want to give a shout out to Nightmare Alley because that was a beautiful looking movie. And the circus yeah. that we that they have at the beginning and even oh. later on, you would have no idea that the entire movie is filmed in Toronto. And I think that's an added benefit of how well the production design is done. And the sets. Yeah, and, oh. and that like the movie kind of lost me a bit in the middle in terms of the, the actual storyline. Mm-hmm. Like I loved the first half. I loved when they were at the carnival, you get those like late, late thirties, early forties carnival vibes, which I thought was really cool. And then at the end of the movie sort of came back around. I thought the ending was, was quite well done and wrapped up nicely. It had a bit of an ironic ending, no, no spoilers there, but it did have a, a bit of an ironic ending and a good finish to it. So overall I didn't mind the movie, but it was the production design that I thought was amazing. Like the whole time I'm just mm-hmm. thinking, man, these sets are so cool. Like, I want to see what else Guillermo del del Toro can do in this era. Like, I just think that it's a perfect era for him, and he does it so well to sort of transport you into that time period, the 30s, the 40s. So I think he did a great job of that, not necessarily in love with the direction of the movie and sort of what the storyline was and and Mm -hmm. kind of where it went. But in terms of the production design in this category, I loved it. So 
I think Dune is probably going to win this, but yeah. I'm going to roll with Nightmare Alley. I'm, I'm going to give it to And again, this comes down to what you said at the start. Don't go with your heart. I'm going to go with my heart here oh, and say that damn. Nightmare Alley sh- should win. So I'm going to roll with Nightmare Alley. This is a chance for you to maybe gain a point if you want to go with Dune or do you want to follow me on Nightmare Alley? Oh, well, I mean, if I'm going with my heart, I mean, Nightmare Alley or Macbeth for me. Macbeth took, because it's black and white, shot four by three, Joel Cohen directing on his own now. The Cohen brothers are no more. Um, but what he did with that movie is he he gives it this classic black and white film look. Like it's one of those, like it's a classic movie you would watch in the 1930s or something because the, it's clearly shot on a stage, but then he's able to take you to these places, the castle, Macbeth's castle, um, on top of a hill, a lake where the three witches encounter him at the beginning of the movie. Um, or Or one of the most beautiful shots is when you have the army out trying to like when they're planning on taking out Macbeth at the end of the movie and they have the trees lined up so perfectly symmetrical and you have all of them standing there and they use the leaves as like covered like camouflage themselves and it's it's a beautiful scene and it's such a gorgeous set I would I would have loved to have been able to they need there needs to be like a behind the scenes and I'm at, streaming services don't do this enough and that's one of the things I hate because at least on a blu-ray I can put it on I can go into the special features and I can look at like the making of stuff. And Macbeth is just such a gorgeous fucking movie. The production design is immaculate. And it's, you're telling a Shakespearean tale that we've seen a thousand times in stage form. And I've even been lucky enough to see a stage adaption and even be a part of one. And it's, it's, it's such a phenomenal story of it's a, it's a tragedy that's in the title, obviously. Um, And it's just such a, uh, I can't say enough good things about Shakespeare and what Joel Cohen did with that, with that, um, with that piece because it, it felt completely brand new. And Denzel Washington was also great in it. So I, I just wanted to say my piece because Macbeth was a gorgeous film and it was amazing. Is it enough for you to make the pick here, or, or if you're you going with your so heart, cool. I would yeah. love to go Macbeth, but I just know it's going to go Dune. But you yeah, know what, you went. You with don't your heart against your uh, your strategy here, so <laughs> <laughs> I I want I want to because you went with Nightmare Alley. I thought to myself yeah. maybe I should just go for Tragedy Macbeth and just be like you know what? Well, I think we, we both, both know we it's going to go together. To, yeah, we'll, Dune gets it. Let's do it. Let's together. do it. We'll lose yeah. together. So everybody, Dune is the clear pick, but Jake and I are going to go completely off. Yeah, Nightmare Alley, Tragedy of Macbeth, um, both it. great movies that you should definitely check out with immaculate production design. Clearly, because they're nominated. All right. Well, that's settled. That settles it. Let's uh, let's get let's get going on to the next one. Short film animated, which we've got uh, Affairs of the Art, Bestia, Box Ballot, Robin Robin and the Windshield Wiper. Jake, you can start it off here. <laughs> yeah, this one. This one's another dart throw. And again, like what I said earlier with some of these categories where it's like these actually end up settling your Oscar pool. And unfortunately they're the ones that nobody really sees or hasn't seen. So you kind of have to guess, you maybe play the odds a little bit. Uh, Judging by the odds, it looks like it's going to come down to Robin Robin and Bestia. Uh, But the odds Mm. are pretty tight. Like even windshield wiper box ballet, like those are kind of still there as well. I'm going to roll with Robin Robin uh, for for not a, no real reason, but it's, it's one of the favorites here. So I'm going to go with that. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Batman sidekick as well, Robin Robin. Uh, I, <laughs> I I just um, honestly, you said it's the favorite between it and Bestia, and just that just sounds more interesting in my mind. I'm going purely. I'm judging a book by its cover here. That just sounds more interesting. 
I'm just going to imagine it as some sort of like Robin spinoff. That's, that's what <laughs> it is in my mind. I'm not going to watch it. Uh, it's just what it is. So I'm gonna, that's why I'm going to roll with that. Maybe it's like, maybe it's a love story between two Robins. Two Robins. Exactly. And there like you that. go. Uh, if, that, if could be, that could be something. About, we, can, we can make that. That's write that down. <laughs> All right. So we're agreeing on Robin Robin. So I'll put that down for us. And up next, we've got live action short film. Alec Kachu, oh, Take and Run. I'll say the English version. Take and Run, The Dress, The Long Goodbye, On My Mind, and Please Hold. For, for this hmm. one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with The Long Goodbye. That's that's going to be the play for me. And it seems yeah. to be a slight favorite here. Uh, Take and Run is in the mix. Uh, the dress isn't too far behind. On My Mind is actually kind of there as well. So this does feel like one that's not necessarily a lock by any means, but I'm going to go with uh, the long goodbye for the sake of the pool here. The thing with this year's Oscars telecast is that they're doing eight of the awards before the show starts. And I know that obviously the short film categories and the documentary categories are in there within that first hour. So we'll be able to think about it. When that show starts, we're going to know who eight of the winners already are for our pool. We'll yeah. be, we'll already be on a roll here. Um, honestly, cause I don't know any of them, but Riz Ahmed who put together one of the best performances of last year in sound of metal Mm -hmm. is one of the people behind long goodbye. And because of that mm -hmm. alone, I'm going to go with long goodbye because of my respect for Riz Ahmed. Love that. Love that. I'm sold even more. I was already on long goodbye, but, but because you said that, and I loved him in sound of metal. So I'm going to, I'm going to mm -hmm. go with that as well. That was a, okay. Last year's best actor lineup was pitch perfect. There was like, that was five for five. Yeah, I remember Steven Yun, Riz Ahmed, and even the, um, Chadwick Boseman and eventual winner, Anthony Hopkins. Like it was, that's like a, Fucking stacked lineup, all of them deserving. If any of them had won, wouldn't have I wouldn't have been uh, disappointed at all. So, all right. Sound. We're getting. I think we're getting to the end here. Yeah, we're really close. Close. Five left. We got sound, visual effects, both writing, and then best picture. So let's get it going here. We got sound. Belfast. Dune. No time to die. Power of the dog. West Side Story. I'm going Dune. Yeah, I'll keep this one short as well uh, so we can sort of move along, get closer to best picture here. I think for a lot of the reasons that we said, Dune is going to win a lot of these technical categories for yep. good reason. It was just technically a great movie. Uh, and that was really what was like when you stepped away from it is it was the, the thing that you remembered most, maybe not necessarily the storyline. At times it could be a bit confusing, especially for people mm -hmm. that didn't read the books or really oh, know yeah. source material going in. You're kind of just trying to figure out like who's who, what the hell is going on. But uh, in terms of the sound, in terms of like the visuals, everything, that's where this this thing really hit home. And you think, okay, man, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty hooked on this. I want to see another one now. So Dune for me uh, here as well. But I'd say West Side Story would probably be the, the upset pick if there was one here, but I, I don't think we're going to see an upset. Mm -hmm. I think Dune wins this one. Yeah, I think Dune wins this one. I'm not even, yeah, I'm just going to move right along. We're both in Dune, visual effects. Yeah. This one feels like a very easy category to pick the winner because yeah. two of the two of the movies have horrendous visual effects and they're now Oscar nominated. So it's just crazy. So you got Dune, Free Guy, No Time to Die, Shang-Chi, and Spider-Man. I'm just going to go right into my thoughts. Spider-Man. I rewatched and the visual effects in that movie are not great. It's nominated, but that movie visual effects wise, very unfinished. So many of the shots did not need to be as CGI heavy as they were. They CGI in an alleyway, a park, uh, a street. It's like, you could have just filmed in an alleyway, a park or a street. You didn't have to. <laughs> it's so much of it. And it's, and it's not even like it's cause usually it's like, as long as the visual effects are hidden, 
then it's not a big deal. But this was like you you noticed every time there was visual effects on the screen. It took me sort of out of it. And I loved Spider-Man No Way Home the first time I watched it. Upon rewatched, I liked it a little less. And I think Spider-Man's one of those movies that really just benefits from being a movie that you watch in the theaters with it with an audience because you can ignore a lot of the a lot of the aspects when you're watching it by yourself you find yourself at least for me i'm zoning in now on all the details and oh well that's not that great that's unfinished that looks like shit wow that doesn't make sense why did that happen and i found myself nitpicking spider-man more when i rewatched it well it was very much and i love i loved it but it was very much like popcorn for spider-man fans like it was yeah. like okay like let's feed the nostalgia people that grew up with this character people that grew up watching the old toby Maguire movies and even to an extent the andrew garfield movies like let's just give everybody all the spider-man fans exactly what they want like let's, yeah. let's hit on all those chords and if some of the plot doesn't make sense and you know technical aspects aren't there who cares because they're going to celebrate and they're going to they're going to like it still so i think that that was kind of where they went with with it and i was happy with that because it was kind of the movie that I needed mm-hmm. as a Spider-Man fan. So I was oh, yeah. there. Uh, but in terms of winning this, I think it has no chance. Like Dune is going to run away uh, with best visuals. And I, I, it's funny to see a couple of these other movies in here because I've seen most of these. I think the only mm-hmm. one I haven't seen uh, is Shang-Chi. I, I've seen No Time to Die. You actually told me to go see Free Guy, which I thought was, it was fun. Like it was a fun yeah you know, hour, hour plus at, at the movies where it was kind of a different take. And I think a pretty cool concept uh, for a movie, it's not going to win this award, but it's, it's pretty cool to see it at least get nominated uh, yeah. for something here, but it, this is doing, this is probably one of the biggest locks of the night. Yeah. I'm happy to see free guy here because that was, I think my fifth or sixth favorite movie of last year it was a good movie, but just compared to the rest Dune's visual effects blend with ease to the rest of the picture you don't even realize it's there like yeah that's how good it is it's like the visual effects from mad max free road you don't even realize they're there you just feel like this is you're you're here and you're able to just you just believe everything you're seeing and that's that's doing right there i thought i was in space <laughs> me too me too man it was the only thing that made made it not feel like i was in space was the people talking next to me the whole time. oh yeah every and the the girls beside me that that every time timothy chalamet came on the screen started clapping that was the only thing that really brought me back down uh but hey he's a good looking guy so i i, I totally got i was excited mm-hmm. to see him as well loved seeing that scrawny man's abs yeah. in the first five minutes of the movie it was uh it was fantastic my, my reward that's that's what i came here for i'm glad they didn't make us wait you know yeah exactly get out of the way early all right what they want. <laughs> so dude for visual effects here we go the final three my favorite categories i love writing so starting off with adapted screenplay coda drive my car the lost daughter dune and the power of the dog this one's great. I'm I'm like you. I think we're very much the same in terms of the awards we enjoy, like the cinematography, mm-hmm. the writing awards, these these screenplays. Like I I these are the ones that I really get excited for to see who's going to win when I sit down and watch. This one's tough, man. Like I I think adapted screenplay is go, really going to come down to the wire here. For me, it's between Coda and Power of the Dog, and I think it's going to be a direct tie-in to what we're going to talk mm-hmm. about in Best Picture. I feel like whoever wins this probably is going to win best picture. I think yeah. they're going to go hand in hand. I'm going to roll with Coda here. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Coda as yep. a screenplay. Um, although I'm not overly confident in it. I think uh, power of the dog could certainly win it, but I'm going to roll with, uh, with Coda for my pick here. I, I'm with you. And this, this is something that I, that I noticed is Coda is one of the least nominated movies this year. And yet it has the best chance at winning every award it's nominated for. 
that rarely happens. It's going to have a clean yeah. sweep and it's only nominated for three awards. That's that's fucking nuts to me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree totally. And I think that that's uh, maybe indicative of what we could see in Best Picture. Like it's just gaining so much steam. Like it, it needs to pick up something before Best Picture. Like mm-hmm. I, it's so hard for me to see it winning Best Picture, not picking up a screenplay, you know, not picking up some sort of acting award. So if we assume Troy Coetzer gets his acting award and we think that it gets the screenplay here, that's enough, I think, to propel it to possibly mm-hmm. win the Best Picture as well. And you know what? Shout out to the power of the dog, Jane Campion. Um, if she does end up winning this award, she'll become the first woman to ever win both screenplay ones because she won best original screenplay back in 1993 for the piano. Uh, so if she wins here. She'll become first woman to ever do that, get both screenplay uh, awards. Uh, and you know what? Power of the dog. The story's good. It's well written. It just for me, the one thing that was missing in that movie was an emotional through line, a heart. The movie felt like it didn't have that. And that was the one thing that um, that was the only thing that really took me out of the movie is it, and what made it feel so boring is because I didn't care. I didn't you just care. Liked every character. Like I, I, I yeah. didn't like any character in that movie yeah. to be completely honest. Like I didn't like Ben. And I think you're supposed to not like Benedict Cumberbatch's character. Like that's the, sort of the point, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't really like Cody Smith McGee's character. I didn't really like Kristen Dunst's character. Even <gasps> Jesse Plemons's character didn't really do it for me either. So I, I, I think you're right about sort of that heart of the movie. Like when mm-hmm. I was watching Coda, I really was like gripped into every single scene. I was crying multiple times. I'm like, man, like this is really getting me, even though uh, there was a couple moments in Coda where it was a little bit corny and yeah. you know, a little high school musically, but I, you know, I, I could kind of look past that because I was so into all the characters and truly cared about what was going to happen to them. Yeah. It's that's the thing is like, there's tons of movies out there where the characters are completely detestable and yet you can at least you're at least enjoying the movie. So it's not like, yeah. It's it's not one of those things where oh my god it, just because the characters aren't likable doesn't mean you have to enjoy, like no 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 the characters don't have to be likable you're completely correct but I still need to enjoy the movie and one of the worst aspects about the movie is that one of the, the characters aren't likable some movies can get away with that this movie didn't for either one of us Benedict Cumberbatch I felt sad for by the end of the fucking movie and I don't think I'm supposed to feel sad for it well <laughs> it depends on how you're looking at the movie he's clearly a piece of human garbage but look at what he's been through in that film. Uh, in his life and it's almost a tragedy what happens to him what ends up what ends up befalling his characters at by the end of that film um with him dying getting killed by the sun uh it it seemed like you you, they telegraph it pretty early you see him grab the anthrax from the poison cow uh and then give him give it to benedict carbatch's characters so they telegraph him killing him but i felt bad because it seemed like by the time benedict carbatch had been killed that was right when he was changing, right when he was beginning to become yeah. a better person through his relationship with that kid. And the kid, before he even gave Benedict Cumberbatch a chance, took it away from him by killing him. Yeah, and I, I think, too, like it's one thing to not like the characters or to detest the characters. Like I can get behind that. And in so many movies, you're, there's going to be characters that you don't like. And sometimes that can kind of be the point and the sort of driving force behind all of it. But it's another thing to kind of not care about the characters. Mm-hmm. Like that was sort of how I felt towards the end. I just sort of shrugged my shoulders and said, okay, well, it's, I don't really, it doesn't matter what happens to any of these people for me. Whereas Coda, mm-hmm. I was like, felt like I was part of the family by the end of it and, and really invested in, in everything. You, you hit it on the head, man. It's you felt like you're part of the family. That's it right there. 
you felt like you were a part of that unit throughout watching that movie. And that's one of the most powerful aspects about, about CODA. And we're going to get into it when we get to the best picture nominees. But uh, I think that is something that is really helping this late surge for CODA right now. And it won the WGA. And that's why I think it's going to win the adapted screenplay. So we're in agreement CODA for this one. Yeah, let's let's roll with Coda. I think this is a very important award um, for the award show. I think it's going to decide a lot, but we're going to go with Coda here. All right, second last award of the sh- of the show. Here we go. We're nearing the end, people. We got OG screenplay, Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, The Worst Person in the World. Hey, I was right. They are nominated here. I knew it. <laughs> you called it. Okay. Yeah, this is this is another good one. This, this one's another one that's wide open. I'm curious where you're going to go here. This could, this could decide our pool. Yeah, I, I honestly, part of me is thinking, oh, could go Belfast. Maybe give Brana yeah. something for that movie because uh, otherwise I don't think he's ending up with any hardware for this. Um, I, so I'm, I have, I have Brana in my head. But then on the other hand, I keep thinking, well, PTA won the WGA for OG screenplay. And I know that that's not a guarantee that he'll win, but it does give me some, some idea that the Academy might go the same way. But all the controversy that surrounds Licorice Pizza, that's what takes me out of it. Because there's the, there's the really weird uh, racist jokes to do with Asian people in the movie. There's people saying that the whole point of it is that we're not supposed to like that character and that he's a racist. Then there's other people that say that, no, PTA is playing it for laughs. He wants us to laugh at Asian people. And having seen the scene, it does seem like I'm not supposed to like that guy. Those are my two cents. It seems like I'm not supposed to like that guy. It seems like he's a racist. Nobody else in that scene likes him. So I, I, this argument saying that he's promoting like uh, racism towards Asian people, I, I just don't know. But I feel like that's going to be the narrative that could end up making it so that he doesn't win the award. Yeah. And I, well, I think too, at the end of the day, like it's, it's a movie, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, I think that's, that's the whole point of what he's trying to do is he's trying to make that character unlikable. So I'm fine with it. I, it doesn't bother me as much, but I, I can understand, you know, you get to this point, people are nitpicking. They're trying to find things that maybe they don't like uh, things that, that upset them. So I, I can kind of see where that's coming from. It feels like a true pick them between licorice pizza and Belfast here with an mm-hmm. outside chance that maybe don't look up uh, could swoop in, but I, I highly doubt that. But judging by the odds, it, it does seem like it still has a chance uh, to maybe come in there. I would be pretty shocked if, uh, if don't look up wins it though. Oh yeah. Yeah. Don't look up. Cause don't look up had one. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm confusing. Maybe, maybe licorice pizza won the BAFTA and don't look up won the WGA. I think, cause I know licorice pizza has won some, but don't look up. Yeah. Don't look up one. Oh God. I don't want to see that happen. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I liked the movie, so I'm not like, I'm not totally against it if it does win, but I just, hmm, I'm going to go. Don't look up. Fuck it. I'm going to go. Don't look up because I think there has a chance. It. Okay, I'm going to roll with licorice pizza, but I'm concerned about some of this backlash. That's that's kind of giving me a little bit of pause here, but I'm going to go with, with licorice pizza. Honestly, it seems like this is a three dot. Well, I would almost say four dot. The only one that I think doesn't have a chance at winning is King Richard. I even think yeah. worst person in the world has a better chance than that film. Yeah, I, I, I don't see I don't see I don't see either of those two winning. I think it's going to be the th- between these three. Um yeah, this this one's interesting. Mm. I think it really could go either either the either way when it comes to those three. But I'm gonna go right. licorice pizza. Stick licorice pizza. I'm going. Don't look up. I'm I, I went with a safer one. But I you know what? If Belfast wins, I'm not gonna be too disappointed on that front either. So, all right, the big one, the one, the the the, the best one, 
Our first, I don't know if it's the first time in recent memory where we've actually gotten 10 out of 10 possible nominees because it's usually yeah. like nine or eight this year. Full slate, Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Stacked. Stacked category, 10 nominees. It it feels like, though, as much as we have 10, I'm glad they have 10. I, I actually think that this is nice. It's nice to recognize some movies, even though they're not going to win, just to say, hey, we were nominated for Best Picture, promoting movies a little bit more. So I'm comfortable with the 10 nominees. I'm fine with them maxing out every year. I think it's just let's pick the 10 best movies of the year and let's go with it. At the end of the day, only one is going to end up winning. And it does feel like it's a true two-horse race right now between Coda and Power of the Dog. What do, what do you yeah. think here? Do you have a maybe an outside sleeper okay. pick or do you think it's those two? Or, or- this is this is what I'll say. And, I, and I, I'm certain you'll probably agree with this is this is one of the best lineups I've ever seen at the Oscars is because I feel like any of these movies could win and I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be unhappy. Like as much as I don't like power the dog, it makes sense that it could win. Technically speaking, it's a really well-made film. Like it's the most Oscar made film out of this entire fucking list. And it's really well-made. So all like respect power of the dog feel like it could happen. Um, and if it does, Jane Campion follows up Chloe Zhao from last year, winning for Nomadland, two best picture yeah. winners, two years in a row, directed by women. Uh, personally, which one, would, which one would I love to see win? Dune, not going to happen, but I'd love to see that happen. Dune or Nightmare Alley, I would be, a sta- I would be ecstatic because both those movies, in my mind, totally deserving of a win. But um, I think it's Coda. I honestly think... I know it's Power of the Dog or Coda. I'm 100% behind Coda because it's the type of movie that people want right now. It's feel good. And I don't understand how we've gotten to a point in our society where that wasn't enough to win Best Picture. I understand maybe it's not the most well-made movie. It's got some Disney Channel original movie elements. Some I wouldn't say Hallmark because I've seen tons of Hallmark movies. This is not a fucking Hallmark movie. That criticism makes no sense to me. This movie, it's... It's well made. I mean, it's it's it feels like anybody could do it. it. Feels like anybody could have made that movie. I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. In my mind, that's a good thing. It gives me hope that I could I could be nominated for best picture someday. But it has so much heart. It makes you feel good. You feel like you're a part of the family, like you said. All the performances all around are pretty and are entertaining. You can get behind all the characters. No one's no one's doing anything bad in this film. The songs, like I don't I don't know. I just feels like this is the movie where. Just because it made me feel good, it should win. And I don't know why that's not enough anymore, but for me, it is. Well, and it's game steam at the perfect time. Like if if we did this a month ago, if we awarded this a month ago, I think Power of the Dog would have won in a mm-hmm. runaway, really. Like it was a huge favorite to win this. And all of a sudden it's just tightened up and, it, and you know, Coda's picked up some other hardware sort of along the way at, at other award shows. And I think it's just gaining steam at the right time. And I've said this to you multiple times when we talk about the best picture that's what it's all about. Like there's certain mm-hmm. moments and, you know, maybe if we did this in the winter time, it would have been Dune because Dune was out and everyone was talking about Dune and they're like, man, you got to go to the theaters and see this. This is crazy. So I just think sometimes it comes down to timing. And the weird part about this all is Coda came out so long ago. Like it's not like Coda just came out. It's been yeah. out for a while, but I just think it took a while to get into the public eye uh, and the timing of it just worked out great. So technically I don't think it's the best movie of, of this, these 10 at all, probably not. Oh even yeah. Close. It, it's got some holes 
it does get cheesy at times, but it is that feel good movie. It was probably the one that I enjoyed watching the most. And at the end of the day, that's what this is all about. Like we're just trying to enjoy movies, you know, sit down for a couple hours and escape reality for a little bit. And I think Coda two did a great job shining a light on something that I knew nothing about, like having somebody that, uh, you know, can hear, can speak in a deaf family. Um, I really knew nothing about the role of that person in the family mm-hmm. and you know how stressful it could possibly be, right? To to have so much pressure on you to communicate with other people and to to really be like the leader for your family uh, in that aspect. So I think it it, sh- it shined a light on something that I'd really never given any thought to, and I I, I thought that in itself was uh, was probably enough to elevate it here. So I'm gonna go with Coda. I've got a a few bucks on Coda myself, so I'll be rooting for that from a, a personal standpoint but even for our pool i'm, I'm gonna go with coda here I, I just think it's gaining yeah at the right time yeah i i i, all, I echo all the same statements that, that you had there i mean coda stands for children of death adults uh something i didn't know until the movie so i'm watching it and i found that out and i was like okay cool coda also i understand it. i know it's a musical term perfect yeah, the led daughter zeppelin. is yeah the, the led zeppelin compilation album coda there, you, there great, you go great stuff right there the like She's the literal voice for the family, but it's a great story of her coming of age. And I'm a sucker for coming of age stories. One of my favorite movies of all time is The Kings of Summer, which I highly recommend checking out. If you're listening to this podcast and have not watched it, check it out. I think it's a, it's a definitely available to rent. Fantastic movie. But uh, yeah, I think that's something that's definitely one of the reasons why I'm, I'm team Coda as well is it's coming of age. I can relate. Uh, not like. I not like in the ASL or the deaf way, but I, I can yeah. relate to the finding your place and, and, and finding your place, doing what you love, finding your passion and all that, that those basic elements are very relatable. And it adds to make this feel good movie that I'm picking for best picture. So. Yeah, there, there were a couple of scenes I thought that they really did a good job of sort of putting you in their shoes. Like I know mm-hmm. you can never oh, yeah. really true, truly feel like how, how they feel, but there was the moment where Troy Coetzer is is at you know his daughter's recital and then all of a sudden they cut from like you being able to hear everything to kind of what he's going through, right? In his mind. And and all of a sudden you you just hear nothing. Like there's no sound for a, for a while. And it's just kind of him looking around and looking at facial expressions of, of people and kind of reading the fact that, wow, my daughter's doing a great job here because everyone's happy. Everyone's laughing. There's people crying. And I thought that was such a cool moment in the film and probably the signature moment for me, like the one that I really took home with me after I watched it was that that whole moment where, you know, he sort of realized and you get the the sense that this is how he reads people, right? Like because he can't actually hear, uh, this is how he's, he's reading people and he's seeing kind of for the first time that, wow, like my daughter's making people happy. So I thought mm-hmm. that that moment alone uh, was really, really cool and, and enough to elevate it for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. A, a great, a great aspect of taking the sound away, putting us into their point of view. I mean, it seems like a very basic thing. Sound of Metal also had very similar aspects yeah. to that of putting us into Ahmed's shoes in that film. But with this one, also a lot of beautiful moments of obviously when she starts signing the song to them. And then when he does the, when she, um, when he puts, his hands around her throat to like feel the vibrations of her voice. The beautiful moments. Yeah, that was that was great. That was a great scene. Mm-hmm. 
that's the scene that's winning him the Oscar. That's the one, right? I think when so, they, yeah. I hope they bring back the actor clips because that's one of my favorite things that they've that they did at the Oscars. Yeah. And they haven't really done that the last few years. So I want them to bring that back. I want to see that clip because that's the Oscar I, clip right there. I, I hate that they're trying, they keep trying to shorten it and fit it into this window. Like, I, I mean, you and I are obviously big fans. So we want it like mm-hmm. as long as possible. Yeah. Give them, give them their night. Like, we don't need to go to the 11 o'clock news. Yeah. We got, we got time. There's plenty of time to, to hear what's going on in the world. You know, as we're wrapping things up, it's, it's like, that's a good point. I mean, we're watching the show because we love the Oscars. We're big fans. I don't care if it's four or five hours long. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to watch it. And you know what? I would even watch the honorary Oscars that they do the night prior. Because last night on Friday, they did the honorary Oscars where Samuel L. Jackson was got his honorary Oscar. Danny Glover got his honorary Oscar. And then two oh. other people did as well. And I apologize. I don't remember the names. Just Samuel L. Jackson, Danny Glover, all I remember off the top of my head. But it's amazing that those two legends finally have hardware to show and, you know, an appreciation and recognition of the work they've done in film. Yeah. And who wouldn't want to see that? Like, I would love to Samuel L. Like, come on. I got like, we got freaking shafted, man. We like it to watch Samuel L. Jackson accept his first Oscar ever. That's something that should have been televised. Same with they should have cleaned up for snakes on a plane. Should (laughs) have swept the Oscars snakes on a plane. (laughs) Well, let's be honest. One of the most iconic lines of all time. Enough is enough. I've had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. That gets me every time. Got to get best original song too. Cause they have the, they have the song at the end snakes on a plane, the rap song. God, that's fucked it too. It should have swept the Oscars. It's got everything. It's got everything you need. All right, man. Oh, one more thing I want to say about the Oscars before we finish things up is they're, they're, they try way too hard making it for the modern audience. And they, they force too many things like this year. They're inviting TikTok and social media influencers to the show. And I'm like, oh, boy, you don't need that. What you need is you need to bring in like iconic movie duos bring back linda hamilton and arnold schwarzenegger to do an award together bring out sigourney weaver and someone in an alien costume that'd be hilarious or her and james cameron like that'd be great like there's ways you can do it where it feels more like it's for movie lovers and that's just like bringing classic people there to pair them up and introduce movies and introduce awards instead of like forcing these young influencers who don't give a shit like you're gonna tell me like addison ray and all these tiktok people are showing up because they give a shit no, I don't think so. And if I got to see Steven Spielberg do a TikTok dance, I'm killing myself live broadcast. <laughs> Please no. Yeah, we don't need that. I don't yeah. I don't want to see this shit. Yeah, play to your fan base. I I don't like when anything does this. Like I, you see this even in professional sports as well where they try to tailor their sports and they, you know, baseball has tried to do this a little bit the last mm-hmm. few years to try to speed up the game to bring in younger viewers. Like just play to your fan base. Play to the hardcore fans. Yep. The people that like it like it and they want more of it. And the people that don't like it are probably never going to like it and they might jump in exactly. here and there, but they're not going to be fans. So it's just, you know, play to your core fan base. I'm I'm with you there. Mhm. Like exactly. You don't need to pander and everyone can see through the bullshit when you do it. You're just, you're there because yeah. basically what you're trying to do is you're there to make more. What you're doing right now, what Disney's trying to do with the Oscars, because Disney is in charge of ABC. They own ABC, so that means, and ABC's in charge of the Oscars, so Disney owns the Oscars. They just want money because all these people care about is money. We live in this fucking society where it all comes down to the green, man. And I fucking wish it was more about our love and appreciation of things than it was about how much money can I make off this. 
we need the viewers so I can make millions of dollars. Like, fuck off. We don't need that, man. Why don't we just appreciate this? When is enough enough for exactly? Like, when when you when have you made enough money? Like, what's I don't even understand what the companies and people like that. It's just it'll never be enough. That's that's what I say. It'll never be enough. They it more and more and more until like Disney's just gonna turn the whole industry into a monopoly. And then when that happens, we're fucked. We are fucked. We're going to have what WWE did did to the wrestling industry in the 90s completely take over so that you have no other option to see anything else except for like shitty backyard wrestling things, which aren't even that bad. I mean, honestly, backyard wrestling can get fucking intense and amazing. So no disrespect, really. Um, But but Disney could Disney if Disney has a stranglehold over the industry like that, they can dictate prices, how much money they get from theaters. And then it's like whatever they say goes and then whatever we get like content wise is only going to be, is going to be filtered through Disney. And that's a scary reality. So we're slowly watching them take over the world. One, exactly. One, movie, one company at a time. Exactly. All right, man, this has been an absolute fucking pleasure as always, obviously. So, um, oh, tell, tell the followers where they can follow you on social media and we'll send this baby home. Always fun chatting with you, man. This is the best time of the year. It's it's almost sad when it ends because yeah. we don't get to do it again for another year, but maybe we can hop on in the summertime. We can kind of break some stuff down, maybe give like a half, halfway mark uh, to yeah. the show, but you can catch me at Jahan4 on Twitter and, and, and that's about it. I'm just going to kick back and enjoy uh, the show and, and maybe me and you can uh, recap it as well. Hell yeah. We'll do the re- we'll do our second part of the Oscar annual special where we recap the show. It'll be a quick little thing. It'll be fantastic just to get our final thoughts on who won any surprises, anything like that'll be the big thing. Cause like last year, we, I don't know if like we talked about Anthony Hopkins. That was, that a, was a pretty surprise. big one. That was it. So, yeah, uh, that one actually shocked me. So maybe we get another one. I hope we get a couple good surprises. Mm-hmm. This is for sure. We'll have you on again. Cause I always love talking with you. I know last year we had our without a paddle podcast. One of my favorites that my we've done. Favorite. My all so, uh, favorite. Never, <laughs> never, we're never going to beat that. We peaked there at the, at the exactly. We, battle. That was, that was amazing. I, I have so many little moments from that. Oh man. We'll when do you, another you, one like that. This year, I think is what on- the, I was so I was so proud of myself that I passed the quiz that you I right? had no idea what the questions were going to be but I was I was very proud that I passed it. That was one of my favorite things that I did too. I spent the whole night rewatching the movie and I fucking looked up uh, while I was watching the movie I just like made questions of like obscure things that were in it like what were their DJ names? Like that was amazing you did so well on that, that one. Good. That was good. I f- proud of myself i'm proud of myself there all right man well <laughs> this year's the 18th anniversary i'll hit up matthew lillard seth green yes. and Dak shepherd let's see what we can get hip-hop happening on that um thanks again man love you right. it's been a pleasure and i can't wait to see you next time in toronto Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.